Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Music and Therapy Podcast with Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Well, I hope you guys are having an amazing week and spending some much-needed time with your family and friends. Can you believe that in three weeks we're going to be celebrating Christmas? I know! This year has gone by so fast. So, what I will be doing on the podcast for this month will be to help you deal with the holiday season and family stress by talking about some of the things that couples deal with during the holiday season and what you can do to make sure both you and your marriage survives this time of the year. So just think of it as my gift to you. So that's what we're going to be doing um, throughout this whole week or month. We're going to be talking about situations, things that can happen in your marriage, things that may happen, and how you can talk about these things. So this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about how holiday stress can cause you to have need to have those difficult conversations and all of us have difficult conversations in our relationships right but we don't always know how to have these difficult conversations and i found out for me like the holiday season is the worst time to try to have difficult conversations but it is a time when difficult conversations pop up because you need to talk about the money the finances the gifts who's coming over for dinner or whose house are you going to what are you going to do all of these things can come up and it can be difficult to have these conversations especially if there's conflict in your families and you guys may not always get along so it's important to know how to address and have these difficult conversations so this week on the podcast we're going to talk about how to have these difficult types of conversations but first let's talk about last week so last week on the podcast we talked about some of the reasons why you should never use the d word or i like to call it divorce as a way to manipulate your spouse or gain leverage with them so here are some takeaways from last week's episode of the podcast first find a better way to communicate your needs i do recognize that sometimes people say that oh we're just going to get a divorce or we're going to do that because they really don't know how to communicate so the best advice i can give you is find a better way to communicate your needs wants and desires so that your spouse can understand where you're coming from and what you're saying The next thing I want to tell you is that threatening to divorce your spouse takes away the security in your marriage. And it's also like the boy crying wolf, right? So you're constantly threatening, I'm going to divorce you, I'm going to divorce you, I'm going to divorce you. Two things can happen, okay? One of two things can happen. The first thing is your spouse stops paying attention to you, disregards what you say, and ignores you completely. The second thing that can happen is they can take you seriously. It can cause a lot of emotional hurt and turmoil, and they can start thinking of a life without you. So it may not get you the result that you want where they stop what they're doing and say, oh, no, don't divorce me. What can I do better? It probably won't get you that reaction, maybe the first time, but if you keep doing it, you're not going to have that reaction. It's going to be they're going to start thinking about their lives without you or they're going to start ignoring you. You don't want either one of these things to happen. So threatening to divorce your spouse takes away the security in your marriage. And that's what you need in your marriage, security and trust. And when you threaten divorce all the time, it takes away the security and trust in your marriage. The next thing I would say is stop focusing on the negative things going on in your marriage. If you stop focusing on the negative things and start thinking on positive things, what are some good qualities about your spouse? What's something nice that they've done recently? What do you appreciate about them? Then it will help you to stop focusing on the negative things and start focusing on positive things and start to see them in a positive light. Now listen, I'm not saying do this if your spouse is beating you up 
or there are an, is an affair going on or anything major like that. Those things need to be dealt with. You need to talk about these things. If you're being abused, you need to absolutely leave. But what I'm saying is sometimes I do find that in marriages, we let workable situations and solvable problems become frustrating and it takes us to a point of, I want to end the marriage or maybe I should get a divorce. So using divorce over and over and over as a way to cope with situations that may not even be at that level at that point. So if you're in a situation where you see that there's a solvable problem, then don't threaten divorce because that's not the way to go. It's better to stop focusing on the negative and start thinking about some of the positives. And when I say that, I don't mean completely ignore it because ignoring it is not going to make it better. But you have to at least admit that there are some positives to your spouse. There's a reason why you want to work in a marriage. So if you focus on their positives, then you'll see more positive. If you focus on the negatives, then you're going to see more negatives. And it's important to have a storage, a memory bank of positives if you're going to have a difficult conversation because then you can go from a positive, right? So there's five positives, one negative. So if you're going to say something negative to your spouse, you're going to need five positive things. So if you're going to have a difficult conversation, you're going to need a lot of positive things to counteract the four, three or four, or even one negative thing that you have to tell them. So start now building up a word bank of positive things about your spouse, things that you love about them, so that when you do have to have difficult conversations and talk to them, then you will have positive things about them to say and think and reflect on and bring up in that conversation before you just hit them with all the negative. The next thing is take action to make your marriage better by seeing a counselor or a coach. Yes, that's what you can do. Like, don't just give up. You'd be like, oh, I'm just going to keep throwing divorce. I'm just going to use this as my way to manipulate. That's not the way to go. So remember I was saying that to find a better way to communicate your needs and wants, you can do this with the help of a marriage counselor or a coach. So make sure you take action to make your marriage better. Just sitting there and thinking, oh, it'll get better whenever. That's a terrible strategy. <laughs> you cannot sit down and expect something to get better if you don't put in the work, if you don't try. So take action by seeing a counselor or a coach. And if your spouse doesn't want to see a counselor or a coach, you see a counselor or a coach. Because if one person is healthy, it can help the other person get healthy. But you need to be emotionally healthy in order to deal with the issues that come in your marriage. And finally, work on yourself. You know what I always say, we are half the problem. So if you fix half the problem in your marriage, then the marriage will absolutely get better because half the problem has been fixed. So instead of having 100% of the problem, you only have 50%. So work on yourself. So if you would like to find out more information about some of the reasons why you should never use a D word in your marriage, then click on the link in the show notes to listen to last week's episode of the podcast to find out what you can say instead of the word divorce. Now, before we get to this week's episode of the podcast, here's a word from one of our sponsors. During the year, I have met a lot of women who are struggling in their marriages. They feel alone, disconnected, unloved, and they don't know what to do to fix their marriage. If this sounds like you, if this sounds like your life, then I would like to invite you to join me for the three-day marriage boot camp, which will take place on December 9th through December 11th. This is an amazing event which will show you how to begin to put yourself first while at the same time change the negative dynamics of your marriage. Now I promise you, this weekend is going to be all about you. So if you need some time to think, 
recharge, and change the course of your marriage, be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for this amazing three-day live event. Hope to see you there. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about and discuss the best way to have a difficult conversation. Now, having difficult conversations can mean different things to different people. Like for me, um, a difficult conversation to have is to actually have to tell someone something bad or talk to them about their behavior or something that they need to improve on. I don't know why. It's just difficult for me to have these conversations because first, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to come off as being way too harsh. And then sometimes I feel as if in the wake of trying not to be too mean or anything, I come off as way too kind. And I know you have to be kind because it takes five good positive things before you tell someone something negative. But sometimes I feel I don't get the message across the way I think it needs to be gotten across because I'm just trying not my best not to hurt these someone's feelings. So that's having a difficult conversation for me. Um, for someone else, it could be money. I know like for my husband, he has a very hard time talking to people about different things that may have hurt his feelings or offended him. And see, that's not a difficult conversation for me to have because I will let someone know in a heartbeat, hey, <laughs> this offended me, hurt my feelings, it can't happen. But he has a difficult time talking to people about those things. So difficult conversations can meet different things for different people. However, in a relationship, you see how all this comes together. There are going to be times you're going to have to talk to your spouse or your partner about things that they need to work on and things they need to improve on. And that could be a difficult conversation. You're going to have to talk to your spouse or your partner about things that they may have done unintentionally and they hurt your feelings or things that they did knowing that they hurt your feelings. You're going to talk about these things. You're going to talk about money. There are some places where in some um, cases where you're going to talk about religion and your values and what you want your children to do and not do. And all of these can be difficult conversations because they people can get offended, people can get hurt, and they're all things that can you know, start an argument, which none of us wants to have because arguments can last forever, takes up a lot of your energy and your time. So these are just some reasons why people have a difficult time talking about things that need to be talked about in your relationship but are often hard to talk about. Regardless of what a difficult conversation means to you, we can all agree that we have topics of conversation that we would rather avoid. Now, last week on the podcast, I shared how... I used to get frustrated about something and how it was shut down, and this was my way of dealing with avoiding a difficult conversation and not expressing my feelings. And for those of you who didn't hear last week's episode, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode about how to express your feelings and why it's not a good idea to shut down and not get the issue resolved. So that was leading to this week, and this week we're going to talk about how to have difficult conversations. Now, all of this is very important. Now, when I used to shut down and we never talked about anything, nothing got resolved, and so then I would get angry and resentful and feel as if the problem would never get fixed. And, you know, it kind of leads you into this, oh, this is never going to get better kind of mindset. Now, of course, in hindsight now, I realized how silly that was because it's impossible to resolve any of these issues or even have a conversation about them if you're not working on the issue at hand. 
or even having a conversation about it. So having difficult conversations can make us feel uncomfortable, and none of us like to feel uncomfortable. I know I hate feeling uncomfortable, but I, and I also hate to be out of my comfort zone. But do you know what? In life, we are going to have to be in uncomfortable situations. And we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone to achieve certain things. Um, I recently read a book. Well, I read it before, but I read it again. And it's called Who Moved My Cheese? And it talks about how sometimes it takes for us to be uncomfortable to move forward and to reach our goals and do the things that we wanted to do. But we got to get out of our comfort zone. And so that's how it is with difficult conversations. Yeah, they make us uncomfortable. We don't want to have them. We will avoid them with everything that we have. It takes us out of our comfort zone, but it is something that needs to be done. It needs to be done so that we can discuss the issues at hand, so that we're not ignoring something that could be potentially fatal to your relationship, and so that you can grow and improve. If you have never felt uncomfortable or out of your comfort zone, then you're not going to grow. It's all about growing. And of course, as you grow and as you move out of your comfort zone, it is uncomfortable for a minute because you've never done it before. Or in this case, the difficult conversations, you've never handled a situation in this manner. So it's uncomfortable and you might feel like, am I doing it right? I don't know. But as you practice and as you move on, and as time goes on, you are going to see that you're going to be able to navigate these situations better and have conversations that you never thought were possible to have without arguing and without fighting. Now, there are just many strategies that people use to avoid having difficult conversations. Some of these strategies include avoiding the other person so that we don't have to deal with the problem. I have done that, so that's one of the things I used to use. Or talking to them, but avoiding the issue at hand. And I've done that as well. Okay, I've done a lot of these things. We attack the other person, tell them that there's that the problem is them and that they need to change. We can get defensive. We withdraw emotionally, which is what I was telling you I did last week, shutting down. Or we just give up. And none of these strategies have ever worked in any relationship, nor have they ever been effective. Now, it's hard to resolve and, dis and discuss issues that you continue to avoid. So instead of using deflection and projection and avoiding dealing with the issues in our relationships, there are certain things that we need to do. And it's important that we do these things so that we can... First, create an environment where the person feels safe to discuss different things, a place where they know it's okay to express their feelings, and a place where they understand that what they say is going to be accepted. And like I always tell people, it is okay to agree to disagree because we're not always going to agree on everything. But the point is you can come to a compromise that works for both you and your spouse. So whenever you're having difficult conversations, Get perspective on the issue that needs to be discussed. So I know with me, if I'm frustrated about something, usually it's, it's a buildup. So it's not just like one issue. It's a buildup of a lot of issues. And sometimes we get so caught up in the big picture of problems that we don't discuss the one thing that started all of this. So let's say you and your spouse, you want to talk to them about, I don't know, maybe how to raise kids or what you should eat, or finances. Let's go with that. Let's say you want to talk about finances. So instead of blowing up and be like, well, when I talk to this, when I talk to my spouse, I'm going to talk to him about spending the money, not being responsible, not doing this, not doing that, get perspective. And what perspective means is you sit down, you think about what you want to discuss and why you want to discuss it and how it affects the household. And when you think of it like that, then you can sit down and talk to him in a way like, Remember last week when such and such happened? I know you wanted to buy it, and I like the fact that you thought about the house when you bought this object, or 
between you bought such and such, but next time maybe we can discuss big purchases before we buy them. And then you can say something, I'm also guilty of it, so maybe we can make this a practice where both of us discuss the purchase of big items before we purchase them. And then you can do something like that. So get perspective on the issue that needs to be addressed, think about it, and then talk to the person about the issue and not all the things that resulted from the issue. Get perspective on the issue and discuss that. The second thing you could do is have trust. And when I say have trust, trust that it's okay to discuss the issue. You have to trust yourself that this is a problem that needs to be addressed. Because sometimes we feel as if we're making a big deal out of nothing or what we have to say is not going to matter. But you have to trust that it's okay to discuss the issue. You have to trust and know that your gut instinct is probably right. If you feel this is an issue, it's probably something that needs to be talked about. Now, it may not be a huge blow-up kind of issue, but if there's a problem, you need to discuss it. I have always, always said it is easier and better to talk about problems before they get to be big problems. So if it's a small problem, address it, discuss it, and stop it before it grows into a big problem. Because big problems are harder to deal with. It takes more emotional stress to cope with. So if you can discuss things when they first start at like the baby stage of things, then it's not going to get to the big stage. And you can kind of keep things in a place where you're emotionally able to cope with these things. So have trust in yourself that it's okay to discuss these issues and that it's important enough to discuss. Because if it's important to you, and if it's causing you anxiety or stress or any kind of emotional discomfort, then it's something that needs to be talked about. So have trust that it's okay to discuss the issue. Take ownership of your part of the issues. Now this is a hard one to swallow. Like, I hate this one. And I love it at the same time. I hate it because nobody wants to take ownership of their part of the issue. I know I don't. There have been times when something has happened and I'm just like, this isn't even my fault. I don't even know what I need if I need to apologize because I feel that it's all this person's. But it's a marriage. It's a relationship. So it can't be all this person. You both have a part in what happened. You both have a part in the situation, whether it's your reaction. And listen, your reaction, how you feel is valid. So I'm not saying that. How you feel is valid. But sometimes the way we react may not be appropriate for how we feel. Like, for example, I remember one time, I was, it was my early 20s, I was working at a daycare, I was the lead teacher. And... I kind of felt like they were unfair. So I would be in the baby room all by myself, taking care of six babies. And I enjoyed the job. I loved the kids. It was a lot of fun for me. But they would never come to relieve me on time to go to the restroom. I would never get lunch on time. And it just got to a point where I was just building up and building up. And so one day I got really frustrated. And so one day I ordered lunch. And no one got it for me. They just left me in the baby room. No food, no bathroom breaks, no nothing. So when the lady came and she's like, well, Kiana, she asked me a question. And I just was so frustrated. I started to cry and I was all upset. I was like, you didn't even bring me lunch and this and that. And, you know, I just had a breakdown. And she was just looking at me. And it happened because instead of addressing the situation and talking to the director or talking to people like, hey, I need you guys to remember it. I leave at such and such. Or I need to go to lunch or whatever. I didn't do that. I just held it in. And... I let it build up and up until they said one thing. It was about food, and I just broke down because I was just so frustrated. And sometimes, of course, 
that did resolve the issue, but I think I could have, I know I could have handled that a lot better, but I was in my early 20s, learning still, but we do that in our relationships, like, we don't talk about it, we will let things build up and build up and build up until we have a breakdown, and it can be something small, like, maybe you see your husband left something on the floor and he didn't pick up his clothes, or maybe your wife left dishes in the sink, or it could be reversed because both male and female leave things on the floor and leave things in the sink after people have cleaned up. So it could be reversed. So maybe your wife left something in the sink or maybe your... No, I said that wrong. Maybe your husband left something in the sink and maybe your wife left something on the floor. I don't know what it could be for you, but maybe it could be something small and it sets you off and you get angry and you get upset and the way you feel is valid, but the way you address or express your emotions is not appropriate for the situation. So sometimes we have to look at ourselves. So if you have a difficult situation to discuss, you got to take ownership of your part of the issue. It's not all him, it's not all her. It's not all you, and it's not all your spouse or your partner. So you have to take ownership. It takes two to tango. So if there's an argument, you both are responsible for that argument because you can't argue by yourself. And if you are arguing, then you both have issues. So it's important when discussing issues, take ownership of your part of the issue. So for instance, if um, there's dishes in the sink and I left them in and I my husband came and he talked to me about it, instead of saying, well, you just washed dishes too early and I got to put it somewhere, I could say something like, oh, well, I do see it is my fault. I did leave the dishes in. Next time I'll wash them and before I put it away or something like that. Or even if it's reversed, even if it's him leaving dishes in the sink, and I'm getting mad about that because he left the dish in the sink, I can take ownership of my part of the issue by saying something like, instead of saying, you leave dishes in the sink every single day, and you know I clean or whatever, instead of doing that, I can take ownership. And even though it seems like I'm not responsible for him leaving dishes in the sink, I could still take ownership of my part in this. And when I, here's what I mean, and I guess I'm, saying it in a way let me just explain so let's say we have an argument I guess that's the best way to put it we have an argument because he left dishes in the sink and I had just cleaned up so yeah I'm in the right because I just cleaned up and if you make dishes afterwards you should clean up after yourself but how I would take ownership if we had an argument or a disagreement about it and we wanted to discuss it later I would say something like okay so I first want to apologize for blowing up at you earlier today about the dishes being in the sink I shouldn't have done that. That was my fault. I'm sorry about that. And then after that, discuss the issue and how it made you feel. So that is how you take ownership for your part of the issue. Okay? That's how we do it. Another thing is to take emotions out of the conversation and just talk about how the behavior made you feel. Now, am I the only one or do you notice that sometimes it we let our emotions take over? So if we're mad and we have a valid complaint or a valid discussion most people can't hear it because all they see and hear is the anger that we have or if we're upset about something instead of explaining what we're upset about we let our emotions take over and we're either hysterical or we're screaming or we're irrational so the point of this is take out the emotion out of the conversation so if you have these emotions work them out before you discuss the problem because if you don't your emotions will definitely take over when you have difficult conversations 
the last thing you want to do is come at someone screaming and hollering because it's not going to do anything. That is going to make them shut down or get upset. And then you guys will have an argument. And you've done nothing but start a fight. So when you have difficult conversations, talk about the issue. Talk about how the behavior made you feel. So if you feel like you were disrespected in some way, talk about how when you said such and such and such, it made me feel this. And take out the emotion. Don't say, well, I got so angry. Because when you say, I got so angry, you're kind of giving yourself another reason to relive the anger and take it out on that person. So take the emotion out and just talk about the behavior and how that behavior made you feel and how you like to move forward in the future to eliminate this behavior. This is the best way to approach it instead of letting your emotions come out in the conversation and just derail your conversation. So take the emotions out and just talk about how that behavior made you feel. Timing is everything. And I'm telling you this from experience. I remember my husband and I, when we first got married, there were times we had to have discussions and there were difficult conversations to have. So I'm the kind of person where I want to, it depends. Like sometimes I just want to hit things head on, like go for it and whatever happens, happens. He's not like that. He would like to take the time and he likes to think about things and what we're going to discuss. So there were times he'd come home from work and I'd meet him at the door ready to talk to him about that difficult conversation. And of course, he just got it from work. He doesn't want to hear all that because he got home from work. He's stressed out. The last thing he wants to hear is me talking to him about something difficult. So we were getting the conversations just about talking about a difficult conversation or topic. So eventually, I did figure out that it's best to wait, give him some time to think, give myself time to think and cool down and come up with a good way to discuss it and then give him a heads up like, hey, I need to talk to you about such and such so that he will mentally be able to prepare himself for a difficult conversation. Because let me just tell you, it is not fun having difficult conversations just thrown on you because then you don't know how to react. You feel attacked, you feel upset, your emotions take over. So it's best to give people a heads up. So if there's a difficult conversation that you have to have with your spouse or your partner, you can say something like, hey, I want to talk to you about something It's not really bad. It's just something I think we need to talk about or work on. Do you have time later this evening for us to discuss this? Give them a heads up. Give her a heads up. Let them know, hey, there's something difficult I want to talk to you about. It's nothing that's it's nothing that's really bad or anything. I just want to talk to you about it. I think we could work on it. Give them a heads up. Let them know. And set aside a time to do this. And it's even helpful if you do this at a time when he's relaxed and you're relaxed. And when you do this, you're doing this at a time when you both are at your best. When you're relaxed in a comfortable mood and they know that something is coming up. So they're not blindsided by the sudden conversation. So timing is everything and just make sure you pick a time that's good for you and your partner to discuss the issue. And like I said, even set aside some time when you are both relaxed to have a difficult conversation. And finally, let respect lead the conversation and put down your defense mechanism. This is hard because there are so many times we feel attacked. And there are many times we have a reason to feel attacked because our spouse may not approach the issue or the conversation in a way that is appropriate. So let's say your spouse comes at you, they're upset because of something you didn't do. And even though what they're saying might have some validity and truth to it, 
the way they're approaching it and talking to you about it makes your defense mechanisms go up. So the best thing to do is when you're going to have a difficult conversation, it is important for you guys to lay down some ground rules. And it's important to do this because you will know how you guys are expecting each other to act in this situation. So you might want to say something like, okay, so this is something I really need to talk to you about, but let's promise each other that we're going to listen to each other, we're going to respect what each other has to say, and please know that you're not being attacked. And then you can go on with your conversation from there. But when you say this, you do have to talk and you do have to start your conversation with something like the other day, such and such happened, talk about the behavior, talk about what happened, and then talk about how it made you feel. Don't say things like, you're a jerk, you're always so selfish, you're always doing this. No, because that's attacking the person. And if you've already discussed these rules for them to put down their defense mechanisms, then you can't attack them. So it's important always to talk about the behavior and not talk about the person. Talk about how it made you feel and don't try to characterize the person as your enemy or a bad person. And by doing these things and by being respectful and being able to talk about conversations, you are creating a safe space for you and your spouse or partner to grow and talk about different things that otherwise could go haywire and derail your relationship. But it gives you a safe space to talk and it gives you an ability to trust each other and get closer to each other knowing that you can talk about anything. Now these are just some things that you can begin to do now that will help you navigate your way through difficult conversations. Remember that you will not get it the first time. So if you decide to have a difficult conversation and it doesn't go right the first time, no worries. It takes practice. And the more you practice, the better you will get. Nobody ever, okay, I'm sure there are some really talented people who could sit down at the piano and start playing immediately. But the majority of people cannot do this. Therefore, why do you expect to be able to have a difficult conversation and it go right the first time. It takes practice, but that's cool because anything in life takes practice. Anything that worth having takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of practice. Nobody ever said that this was gonna be easy, but here's what I can promise you, that it is something that is worth doing. The song that we are going to listen to today is called I Still See You. And it's about a woman who neglected to have a difficult conversation in her relationship and things kind of went haywire. So here is the song, I Still See You. For so long we've talked on the phone. You made me feel loved when I felt all alone. I gave you my trust, I gave you my heart. You took my heart and you broke it apart. I cried and I cried when I found out that the person I saw was not who you are. You pretended to be the man for me when you knew all along it was just a game. I still see you smiling at me. I still hear you calling my name. I still see you smiling at me. I still hear you calling my name. You heard me more than you'll ever know. So I've got to you meant the words you said but I can't believe you I cried and I cried when I found out that the person I saw was not who you are you pretended to be the man for me when you 
Yeah, but it's time.